0: Can we just take a moment to give that praise to the Lord? You are so worthy, Lord. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful for the presence that we feel in this place right now. Uh, Lord, I praise you for what you've already done in this place, Lord. Uh, But I give you praise for what you're going to continue to do throughout the rest of this service, Lord. In the name of Jesus, why don't you look at your neighbor before you sit down and say, I'm glad you're in church with me today. And as you're seated, I'll go ahead and give you my text today. It's going to be 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and that's where we'll start today. But before we do that, I would like to give honor to my pastor. Thank you so much, pastor, for believing in me and taking time and pouring into me. Is anybody thankful for a pastor who's, who's invested into the next generation? I am. I am thankful for that. And Sister Gaddy... I'm so thankful for you as well. And of course, as he already mentioned, my wonderful wife, my better half, that I would be lost and probably wouldn't have made it here on time without her. Lexi, I love you. And then of course, Elliot, I don't see him in here. Um, he's my a man corner at home and I'm practicing. He'll holler with me. <laughs> He'll just, he just rears his head back and lets out a, a big yell. I choose to believe that he's getting behind me. He's probably saying, Dad, I'm sleepy, go to, stop, it's late. And of course, my church family, New Life, thank you so much. So many of you have have poured into me and invested in me and believed in me and, and, and just spoke encouraging words into my life, and I thank you and I appreciate that. And just love you guys. And I am going to take a small liberty here to get uh, brownie points with both our men's director here and the state men's director. Men, if you you do not want to miss men's conference. Any men here like barbecue? I like barbecue. Any men like to play cornhole? I like to play cornhole. Friday night if you register, free barbecue dinner. And uh, we're going to have a doubles cornhole tournament. I will challenge anybody in this place to cornhole. I'm not that good, but I'll still challenge you. <laughs> Amen. First Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation. Shout that. Chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous I felt such a confirmation as praise and worship began on, the, on this word that the Lord has given us. So why don't we just pray that the Lord would have his way in the remainder of this service. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, there's such an openness in this sanctuary right now. Lord, and I pray that it would continue. That we would be open to your word. We would be open to what you have for us today. Lord, that you would loose my tongue. Lord, that it would not be by my knowledge. It would not be by my understanding but by through your anointing that you speak through me today. Lord, I'm just a vessel for you to use tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way and let your will be accomplished in this place. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. Generations. That word stuck out to me a couple of weeks ago as... I drove to work. I have a 45-minute drive every day to work, and and it's t- my time with the Lord, and I was preparing for this, Brother John, and, and, and the word generation came to me, Pastor, and so I began to look up generations, and we're going to have a little bit of a, not an activity, but I just want some, um, um, I don't even know the word. Just raise your hand when I say your generation. How about that? I'm trying to find the words. Can't even do it. So there's several generations, and I want to start with the silent generation. If you are in the silent generation, that's years 1928 to 1945. Can you raise your hand in the place that we have anybody in the silent generation? I see some of our flying eagles in the silent, Brother Odo in the silent generation. If you're in the silent generation, you might remember Charles Midgley, Jr., Or you might not have any idea who he is. But you will know what he invented. And that's Freon. Anybody know what Freon is? It's what cools our refrigerators and our cars and and up to recently our air air units. And I'm so thankful for Charles because the Freon replaced a toxic gas that they used to cool our refrigerators before Freon. Hey, it's cold, but it's toxic. (laughs) Scary. Or Pat Oliveira who invented the Philly cheesesteak in 1930. That's the silent generations. Now, do we have any baby boomers? 1946 to 1964. All right, I got some hand claps. If you're a baby boomer, there was a great invention that happened in 1946. You might not know him. His name is Earl Tupper, but I guarantee you, you have used his product the product of Tupperware. Anybody use Tupperware here? Oh, yeah. Leftovers, throw that in there, take it to work, microwave it. Perfect. But there was also George Clemens who invented the first hand dryer in 1948. The thing that you hit and you put your hands under it and all it does is just spray the water all over the floor. Like, let's just use towels. That was George Clemens. And then we have Generation X. That's 1965 the 1980 who who's generation x in this place? All right. Yeah. Generation X saw Joseph Brown invent the carnival ride or death trap depending on who you are asking called the zipper. Anybody ever rode the zipper? Anybody who man, you know the Lord was with you if you survived the zipper. Hallelujah. And then you had David L. Noble, who invented the floppy disk, the eight-inch floppy disk. That was that was David Noble, given wisdom by the Lord to invent the floppy disk. And then we have the millennials, 1981 to 1996. That's me, 1996. Any other millennials in here? All right, yeah. The best generation. Just kidding. Mmm. Robert Plath invented the first tilt-and-roll luggage, or wheeled luggage, in 1988. Pastor, I know you appreciate it. So Linda, you probably appreciate that. You no longer had to carry it around, but you could just roll it around. Now they have those luggages. Have you seen those? You can sit on them, and they're like, yeah. Man, that's just what we need, a bunch of crazy people riding luggage around airports. (laughs) Then you have William Cheswick and Steve Bellovin, who came up with the first integrated security measure to prevent unauthorized electronic access, also known as the firewall. I'm thankful for a firewall and my work in 1988. And then we have, last but not least, Generation Z. That's anybody from 1997 to present. Anybody a part of Generation Z? Let me see your hands. Yeah, there we go. Not as enthusiastic as the other people. They're not used to waking up early. (laughs) In the year of 2000, the first camera phone was produced. And immediately, everybody became a professional photographer. Everybody. In 2005, the website known as YouTube. Any other YouTube junkie? I'm a YouTube junkie. I love YouTube. YouTube made its debut... And it's now the world's most popular video streaming site. And so these are the generations, and all these generations are represented here. And everybody, no matter when you are born, belongs to a generation. You don't get to choose your generation. You don't get to say, well, I, I like Generation Z or I like Generation X. No, but you are defined by when you were born. A generation, liter- the word generation literally means a group of people born or living about the same time. You can't choose it. But how do they come up with generations anyways? If you, if you paid attention, not the, the time between each generation is not always consistent. It does depend on when you're born, but the length of time is not, is not always the same. But the span of time between generations can vary depending on political, economic, and social factors. Technology, in particular the rapid evolution of technology, is what shapes generations. So my baby boomers grew up as television expanded rapidly. Generation X grew up as computer revolutions began, and the millennials came of age during the Internet explosion. And there's many people who are smarter than me that look at economic trends and they look at technology trends and they come up with this generation and they, they define you as where you who, your age by your generation and a lot of times society tries to define who you are by the generation that you're a part of but listen to me new life we have to be very careful we have to be very vigilant that we don't allow ourselves to be defined by these generational titles that the society doesn't say, well, you're generation X, so this is your kingdom purpose, or you're generation Z, and you have no purpose. But we have to be very vigilant that we are not defined by our generation. We need every generation in operation in the kingdom of God. The Lord has not only called a multicultural uh, church, but He's also called a multi generational church. Uh, Silent generation, we need you. Baby boomers, we need you. Generation X, we have to have you. Millennials, I need you. Generation Z, we need you. The Lord has called every generation for a kingdom purpose. It doesn't matter who society has defined you as. My definition comes from the on high. The one who defined me. The one who knew me before I was born. My, I am not defined by this world, but defined by Christ. So I don't think it's fair. That we have to be defined by generations depending on our age. And so today I propose a new generation. This might not be published anywhere, but I do feel as if it is the word of God. And that is Generation S. Look at your neighbor and say, Generation S. See this generation is not defined by age, it actually knows no boundaries. Generation S is not defined by technology or economy or social factors. But instead generation S is defined by an experience. Generation X is not defined by when you were born but rather when you were born again. Generation S is a generation filled with the Holy Ghost. Generation S is a generation that's led by the Spirit and not their flesh. Generation S is not defined by society, but they're defined by the Word of God. Oh, Generation S is a Spirit-led generation oh and listen church that's what we need more than ever society is looking to generations they're looking to millennials they're looking to generation x generation z and they're saying who's gonna bring us out of this darkness oh and i'll tell them none of them but generation s is stepping up and saying the lord has called me i've been filled with the spirit and i'm gonna go change my world The world needs Generation S. There's no, well, maybe, maybe later. No, now Generation S is needed. Generation S must understand their kingdom purpose. Generation S must understand. Their kingdom purpose. It doesn't matter if you've been in the kingdom a long time. The Lord still has a purpose for you. Oh, I see some of our silent generations in the baby boomers in the prayer room. Oh, and they're just crying out to God. We need your prayers. We need your leadership. We need that anointing in the church. Oh, millennials, generation X, generation Z, you must understand your kingdom purpose. Oh, huh. it says 67% of millennials believe that their life is full of purpose. That's compared to only 53% of Generation Z. That, so Generation Z, only 53% of them feel as if they have a purpose, meaning 47% of Generation Z feels as if they have no purpose. Oh, let me tell you, I felt such opposition as I prepared this message. I was at home and I began, I began to, to develop this message. I began to uh, feel like the Lord was leading this and I felt such opposition. I felt such opposition because we have to understand that the enemy is trying to confuse our purpose. He understands you might be filled with the Holy Ghost, but if you can't find your purpose in God, you're not going to do anything. Oh, but Generation S, we have to understand no matter what the world defines me as, no matter what I feel like I am, God has called me to a greater purpose. Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. The New King James translates that to where there is no revelation, or where there's no purpose. The people perish and the devil understands that. Oh. Uh, and I've been feeling this in the spirit for the past couple of weeks. I've been battling it as I've been praying. And it's not really the spirit of depression. It's not spirit of anxiety, but instead the spirit of confusion. Ooh, uh, Oh, because the enemy knows if he can confuse your purpose. The enemy knows that if he can confuse the will of God with the will of the world, he knows he has you right where he wants you. Oh, because the enemy has trying to, to, trying to confuse what true holiness looks like, Generation S. The enemy's trying to confuse what biblical marriage looks like. He tries to blur the line between what is right and is wrong. He tries to confuse your understanding of your call, the calling that God has placed on their life but this morning I stand here in front of generation s saying we got to stand strong and stand firm and say I have been called for a purpose my ear is not tuned to the world but my ear is tuned to the spirit and I am what God says I am Oh, can we just give Him some praise? I feel that right now in the spirit. Lord, I am who you said I am. Lord, it doesn't matter who I was. It doesn't matter what I have done. But you have brought me out of darkness into a marvelous light. Lord, you went and died on the cross for my sins. That I could be used in your kingdom. It's a spirit of confusion. Uh, Let me tell you how that spirit operates. That spirit operates. You you might be a young person. You You might be a millennial. You might be Generation X, no matter where it falls. But you've heard the voice of God. You've heard the calling of God. You have felt as if the Lord has anointed you for a purpose. Oh, and it could have been at a camp. It could have been at an HYC. It could have been a service here at New Life. But you have felt as if you have had a purpose in the kingdom. But what happens is a couple of days after you've received that revelation, you've received that purpose from God, here comes the spirit of confusion. Oh, Hatanobaha, here comes the spirit of confusion. And, and at first, it's not, it's not a great confusion. It's just a little it's just a little confusion, where the Lord, you felt as if the God of, of all God, of all creation, has called you to be a missionary. That spirit of confusion just kind of gets in your mind and says, "Are you even really qualified to be a missionary?" You don't even know another language. You don't even, you're scared to even go out of this state. How are you going to go across the world? Oh, you've been called to be a prayer warrior and you've kneeled down for, for, for the first time to start praying and that spirit of confusion comes up and says, well, are you even truly making a difference? Are you even truly making a difference with this prayer? It's that spirit of confusion. Oh, but this morning I, I speak to the spirit of confusion, not by my power but by the authority of the word of God by the authority of Jesus Christ and I speak to the spirit of confusion and I curse it, I cast it out and I loose the spirit of revelation, I lose the spirit of kingdom purpose, I lose the spirit of authority and power and boldness in the name of Jesus Christ oh yes oh, hallelujah Oh. There needs to be some young people starting Monday as they take a step into the hallways of their school. Oh, with every step, Lord, I curse the spirit of confusion. Lord, I bind that spirit of confusion. Oh, the spirit that's trying to confuse this generation. I curse it right now in the name of Jesus. And I began to lose revelation. And I began to lose peace. Lord, I began to lose joy. I began to lose understanding in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Have a purpose. Ah. Oh, but God has had a purpose for you, Generation S. He's had a purpose for you, Nexus. He's had a purpose for you, Kids' Life, Young Adults, hyphen. He's had a purpose for you since the beginning of time. You're a puzzle piece that fits into this great puzzle of the kingdom of God. And you fit just perfectly where God has ordained you to be. Oh, Jeremiah 4, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 8. This is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, O oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. That's Jeremiah. Disqualify himself. Lord, you might have called me, but I'm just a youth. I'm just a kid. And it goes on to say, for you shall go. Or it says, but the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth. Do not disqualify yourself, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Oh, there's the, there's the voice of God going out even right now, calling Generation S to a greater purpose. And that voice of confusion is going to say, try to disqualify yourself you're not good enough. But the Lord says, don't say but I am a youth. Don't say but I am not good enough. Because it's not by your power. It's not by your might. But it's by my spirit that I will send you to make a difference in your school. That I will send you to make a difference in your family. Uh. Oh, Jeremiah tried to disqualify himself because he was a youth. Most people believe that Jeremiah was only thirteen to sixteen years old. Can you imagine being called to be a prophet? Ah, thirteen to sixteen years old. Well let me tell you, it happens and it even happens today let me tell you young people I I speak everybody but generation Z listen new life we have to give room for the young people to operate in the spirit we have to give room for them to lay hands on the sick and see them recover we have to give them room to prophesy the word of God because you know what this generation is going to change this generation is the future of new life and I want a generation that rises up to know how to walk in the spirit know how to be used in the spirit oh but i'm just a youth it doesn't matter because you have a kingdom purpose oh because the lord knew jeremiah before he was even formed he knew him And it says he ordained him or he set him apart. He made him holy. He said, Jeremiah, not only did I know you, but I, I ordained you. I set you apart from everybody else. And I have a divine purpose for you to be a prophet. If there could be somebody in Generation S that would understand that the Lord knew you before you were even formed. And not only did he know you, but he ordained you. He set you apart. He made you different. You say, I'm not like this world. The Lord never meant for you to be like this world. He meant you to be set apart. He meant you to be holy. He meant you to be a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, oh, a missionary in the name of Jesus Ooh, how he ordained you uh, set you apart he made you holy you're a chosen generation ah. generation s their purpose must be defined by the word of God we read it first Peter 2 and 9 but you're a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people oh That you might proclaim the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, I love Matthew 28 and 19 because he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He didn't qualify. He didn't say you have to be 13. He didn't say you have to be 22. He just said go. That was the commission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we understand is the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, have your way in this service. But scholars call Gen Z the first truly post-Christian generation. Hmm. And has found that most previous generations have had a basic Understanding or basic education of the Bible and Christianity, but not Generation Z. Gen Z is also more likely than other generations to say that the problem in this world is evil and and the evil of this world is what's stopping them from believing in Christianity. Gen Z typically sees truth as relative, but also cares about evidence to support the claim. Even though they have mostly favorable views of the church, they don't think attending the church is that important. New life. That's the, oh, that's the time we're living in. Oh. Oh, it hurt me. So uh, I was just struck in my heart, just pricked in my heart when the when I read this. Uh, and it said, Generation Z, the generation that Lexi and I are pastoring. The generation that Chris and Lindsay are pastoring, that our Kids Life team is pastoring. They're not known. That What they're known for is just being the first truly post-Christian generation. Ha, Okanda, ba Oh, Lord, we rebuke that word in the name of Jesus. Ah. Lord, we don't believe that. Oh, but we know their purpose. Ah. Ah. But we know their purpose. Ah. We know that you have a kingdom purpose for them. We know that you have called them today. Oh, la Ah. Oh, and you have to forgive my imagination. I have a pretty wild imagination sometimes, always have, and I read this, and after praying about it, it's going to seem weird, but just hang with me. My mind flashed to the pit of hell, Pastor Gaddy. And I can imagine, Brother John, a demonic spirit coming in with this article, waving it in the air and saying, we finally did it. Uh, we finally did it. We finally have got through to a generation to the point where they're calling them a post-Christian generation. We finally made a generation that doesn't believe in the power of God. We finally got a generation that doesn't understand who God is or even cares to learn. And I can imagine that Satan and his demons are down there reading this. This article and they're just having a time brother chris they said all right go get the cake go get the punch go get a banner and say gen z post-christian we're gonna have a party and i can imagine as they set this party up in hell that there's a demon that says whoa 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 brother jesse whoa i hear something Uh, What what is that sound? I, I know it's coming from Generation Z, but I'm not really for sure what that is. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that too. And as the sound began to get louder, and as it began to reverberate through the walls, through the pit of hell, they understood that it was a Generation Z young lady on her knees, intercessing for her children, Lord, interceding for her school, interceding for her family. That sound was a young person standing in a P7 club teaching and preaching the word of God. That sound that came in was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. That sound was a kid, a child going to their parents and saying, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Devil, you have not defeated this generation. Oh, but Generation S is rising up, and they're saying, my, my, oh, your will be done. Your will be done. Your power, your authority be done in this place. Oh, I read this, oh, and I just began the prayer. I just began with the warfare prayer, and I began to speak to the devil and saying, you have no authority over that generation. Oh, all authority that you think you have is completely cursed in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't control their minds. You don't control their thoughts. You don't control their desires. Oh, but it's the Spirit of God that has authority over their minds. Oh, the enemy forgot about Generation S. Oh, this world might have forgot about Generation S. Oh, that's okay. They don't even have to know about you, but they will know and they'll understand the difference when you walk into the school, when you walk into the workplace, and that spirit, without even saying a word, the Spirit of God begins to minister, and the Spirit of God begins to draw them unto you. Oh, it's Generation S that's going to change this world. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, let it be done. 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 It's Generation S. Oh, it's Generation S that's going to change this world. It's Generation S that's going to lay hands on the sick. Oh, and see them recover. Ooh. Oh, it's Generation S that are going to go preach the gospel. Oh, not just in Arkansas. Not just in the United States. But it's Generation S that's going to spread the whole gospel to the whole world. Oh, that's your power. And if you don't understand anything from what I'm preaching tonight, just understand that you have power through the Holy Spirit. Oh, his word says, but you will receive power from on high when you receive the Holy Ghost. You'll receive that power. And what I have found, my mistake, is when I try to walk in my own authority. Mm. When I look at a situation, oh, and I feel like I'm big and I'm bad and I'm tough i like, bring it on. And I try to do it through my flesh and my authority. And let me tell you, I've got whooped every single time. Oh, but when I lean on the Spirit, when I lean on God, when I lean on my firm foundation, I have yet to, to lose a battle. I have yet to be defeated. But I am victorious through Christ. Woo! And if you musicians, if you don't mind I'm making your way up here. We have to understand that Satan has never been able to destroy Generation S. Satan, though he has attempted throughout history, has never been able to destroy Generation X. From the S, from the very beginning, when he poured out, when the Lord's Spirit was poured out in the upper room, and Generation S was established. What happened is the apostles went out and they began to preach the word of God. Oh, but that kind of upset some people. It upset the Jews and so a number of times they arrested those proclaiming Jesus Christ, those operating through the Spirit. And the several times they looked at them and said, "You, we don't want you to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ anymore. You do whatever you want, but don't lay hands on the sick and proclaim Jesus Christ. And they just looked at them and said, should I obey you or the voice of God? Oh, and it just made them even more upset, Brother John. And so what they do is, is they arrest Stephen, and, and Stephen gets his account. And and they get so angry because he declares who the true king of kings is. And that's Jesus Christ. That he takes them out and they stone him. And that's when we see our buddy Saul. He begins to persecute the church. He begins to literally take people out of their houses for praising God and throwing them in prison. All what the enemy was trying to do was derail the power and the momentum of generation S. Oh, but I love what it says in Acts 8 and 4 in response to what Saul is doing to the church. It says, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. It was an attack of the enemy, but what he didn't know is through that attack it was actually going to propagate the gospel all over the world. That it was going Send missionaries and apostles to minister this this word, to minister this truth, all around this world. And if you can stand, oh. can we just entertain His Spirit for one? Oh, just entertain His presence right now, new life. here's what I feel in the spirit Ah. I first want to give a call and and we'll we'll all come to the front here but I want to give a call for anyone who hasn't received the gift of the Holy Ghost because let me tell you today is your day I have complete faith that the Lord will fill you with his Holy Spirit today. Oh, it's the word says you must be born again of water and of spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, the water's warm. We could probably put you and your whole family in that baptistry. So big. We want to baptize you. You don't even have to get your clothes wet. We have robes and everything back there. And I want to give that call for anyone who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Or baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But there's also another call. Uh, And this call is to everybody. Generation S as a whole. If you feel as if you have lost sight of that kingdom purpose. Uh, If you feel as if you have lost sight of what God has called you to be. If you feel that you have heard the voice of God, but you've just been battling a spirit of confusion, we want to pray for you today. Because what I believe is going to happen is there's going to be a deliverance that happens in the minds of every person in this place. Not only is there going to be revelation that comes in who God has called you to be, but also a spirit of boldness to go and operate in the things of the Spirit. A spirit of boldness that we wouldn't be fearful to be used by God, but we would step in to the things of the Spirit. If that's you today, whether you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, whether you want to be baptized, or you just want to come down and you want to just just talk to God, say, Lord, renew my kingdom purpose. I'm inviting you to the front right now. Oh, don't let fear hold you back. Don't let the spirit of confusion hold you back. Don't let anxiety hold you back. Oh, but God wants to do something in your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, and first and foremost, I curse any spirit that's not of you right now. That's trying to derail. Is trying to distract these men and women from your kingdom purpose, from what you're trying to do in this moment in New Life Church. Lord, and I pray that there would be a spirit of revelation, Lord, that would sweep into this place, a spirit of revelation that we began to renew the kingdom purpose in each and every individual's life today. Lord, you have called me. You have chosen me, Lord, and you want me to be used in your kingdom to go and to share your gospel. to go and to make disciples oh Lord so let it be done in the name of Jesus Christ